Rise and shine. Rise and shine. Chop, chop. Rise and shine. Rise and shine. It's a beautiful day. Rise and shine. Rise and shine. Rise and shine. Rise and shine. You guys are nerds. This is exactly what the nerds want. Our name shall become legend. Spoken in hushed tones by nerds across the galaxy. If you build it, nerds will come. Nerds must love this place. They think we're a bunch of nerds, and I'll tell you something. I think they're right. Let, let the nerds take over. Let the nerds take over! Rise and shine, nerds. We hope you've got your coffee because it's time for our brand new morning show for Love Thy Nerd and anyone who finds themselves at the cross-section of nerd culture and church culture. I'm Radio Matt. I'm the director of content and resources here at Love Thy Nerd. And I'm Deidre, and I have no fingerprints. Later in the show, we're talking about AI and how it's being used in church culture. But first, Deidre and I have been married for 18 years, so that means we're pretty much the perfect couple now. <laughs> so we're going to help other married couples solve their weird problems. Here's a story from the subreddit known by the acronym AITA. But since we're watching our profanity on this Christian nerd podcast, we're going to call it Am I the Jerk? All right. So here's the question. (laughs) Am I the jerk for calling my husband embarrassing for not wearing a suit to my brother's wedding? Hmm. Here's what happened. I, 31 female, have been married to my husband, 40 male, for one and a half years, together for three. One thing about him is that he hates wearing suits, will not wear a tie, and will rarely wear a button-up shirt, and if so, it will not be tucked in. He says it makes him uncomfortable. For our wedding day, he did wear a very nice suit, but no tie. I tried, but he refused, and obviously it wasn't going to be my hill to die on, as this was the person I wanted to marry, most importantly. He looked really good on that day. We have been to another dozen weddings together, and whilst they don't usually specify dress codes, in our culture we do tend to dress up for weddings. So usually I'm very formal, and he will wear a button-up shirt, not tucked in, and chinos. Sometimes a casual blazer. He is always the most underdressed person, but he doesn't care as long as he is comfortable. Of course, this bothers me, but I don't say anything for these occasions. Sometimes I suggest wearing darker colors to dress up the outfit more, but that's as far as I go. However, my brother's wedding is coming up, and he is insisting on wearing the same wedding guest outfit he usually wears. This is upsetting me, as although there will be no bridal party, as he is part of the family, he will... uh, He will have an important role in the wedding. Uh, He will just stand out being dressed so casually, especially for family photos, and it upsets me that he doesn't want to make an effort for my brother's wedding. He still has his wedding suit and won't even wear the suit pants and definitely won't tuck his shirt in and wear his belt even with chinos. I cracked and told him I will be embarrassed to stand next to him on the day, and now he is upset and called me controlling. I don't think I'm being unreasonable because I have dropped this for all other weddings, and I accept he won't wear a suit, but think he should compromise by dressing up a little bit more. Shirt tucked in, belt, etc. Am I the jerk? Hmm. I say that you knew what you married. (laughs) (laughs) And just because you're married doesn't mean he'll change. Um, let's, let's talk about, I will say, okay. So Matt and I, you know, it was 18 years ago, right. Mm -hmm. Um, got married 
And I, I, in looking through our family photos, I do always note that um, Matt's brother and his wife, like, obviously didn't, maybe they, they probably didn't think about being in family photos for the wedding because, mm. like, his wife's in shorts and their um, baby girl is, she had this hair that was just, like, she had tons of it, right? And it would always stick up straight and it would just be, <laughs> and they look like, you know, they just came for a casual get-together. They look like fans, <laughs> fans of the wedding. <laughs> they want to get their picture with the celebrities. And it looks kind of funny next to me in my wedding dress and Matt and his Ooh. suit and tie yeah, nice and everything. And so, you know, for photos, I would... I get it, yeah. Yeah, because those are forever photos, mm-hmm. you know. But at the same time, does it bug you? No. Right. No. Because it's not a big deal. It doesn't yeah. change what happened. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Mosaic says, 32 years in, and Kathy makes me tuck my shirt in for wedding. <laughs> well, coerces. Uh, we did have a girl come to our wedding reception in a tube top. <laughs> oh, <goodness>. <laughs> <laughs> um, So, yeah. like, when I go to weddings... You don't I'll, do, I'll do a I'll do a button up shirt, but I'm gonna have untucked and it's gonna be in jeans. Uh, in fact, for the longest time, I didn't even own a pair of dress pants. Like the last, is, the recent decade, mm-hmm. I, I didn't, I'm like, I never wear, I never need them. And so we had like two occasions where we had like a funeral and a wedding, mm-hmm. and I'm like, well, I'm gonna be there in jeans. <laughs> I even like did a funeral service, and I had to tell the people, look, I don't own dress pants right now. So are you cool with me being in jeans? And they're like, yeah, that's fine. Because <laughs> we live in cowboy country, so <laughs> I guess it's normal. Um, I don't tuck it in because it doesn't look great tucked in on a on a big guy. You hmm. really, you really, really pronounce the gut when you tuck in a dress shirt for a big guy. Uh, it would be better if I had a jacket, I guess, a casual yeah. blazer or something over it. But still, I don't go to things often enough that I feel like I need to plan for them. You got to maybe one wedding every three years. Right. Like, I don't feel like it's a common thing. Right. Now that we're getting older, all our friends are married now, so we don't have to go to as many. There was a time when we were going to, like... Buco weddings. Yeah, tons of weddings. Spending so much money on gifts. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Well, I guess we're not eating this month. Uh, (laughs) Everything's registered at $200 a pop. Um, so we, uh, we, we got into a lot, but I, I just, I don't feel the need to dress up like suit and tie yeah. for a wedding that you're not involved in. Now for the brother's wedding, a family wedding, mm-hmm. I would feel more pressure mm-hmm. to dress nice, dress mm-hmm. nicer. But at the same time, like you said, she's essentially been allowing this behavior yeah. forever. Mm-hmm. Not saying a boo about it. She said she's mm-hmm. let it go every single time. And to essentially to him, it sounds like she's just popping up out of nowhere. Right. You know, after, right. you know, it's not she's 15, been talking about 15 it weddings with him for every wedding. <laughs> it's this has been secretly bothering me. Mm-hmm. And now I'm going to say something about it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it'd be like if you 
popped up out of nowhere right now and said, I can't stand that you're bald. <laughs> Why didn't you use Rogaine back when you still had a chance? <laughs> I'm like, well, I can't do much about it now. This is who I am. So thanks a lot. <laughs> <laughs> a little different. That's something you can't help. I know. But I mean, back then, I mean, at this point, you can't, he can't help it either. That's who he is. So say we're going to a wedding this weekend and I tell you, okay, you're going to have to dust off those nice slacks. I do have a pair now. And wear your comfortable shirt tucked in because you've embarrassed me <laughs> too many times. I feel like I'd be the jerk. <laughs> a little bit. Every wedding we've been to, I've been embarrassed. Why Why are you only telling me now? Well, now I'm not going to change at all. Now it's a protest of you. How you've handled this situation. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm hesitant to call her the jerk. I don't really know that there's necessarily a jerk in this situation. There's just two people that... Would you wear a toupee? <laughs> no. No, I would not. Too you much You can be hassle. like Kevin. He, you know, for... Kevin on the office. On the office. <laughs> he he wore a toupee for the wedding. He dressed himself he up. That's right. You're right. It was for the wedding, too. But he also wore shoe boxes. I mean, uh, Kleenex Tissue boxes boxes. for shoes. Yeah, yeah. That's true. It's a trade-off, you know. <laughs> My Kleenex shoes were a huge conversation starter. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> and I put my sore feet in the public ice. Oh, uh, oh. <laughs> I've never used that ice machine in hotels ever again. <laughs> um, I feel like he should be willing for the for family weddings to be a little bit more dressed up. Mm-hmm. But I also feel like it shouldn't have been this moment that she chooses to put her foot down on it. Right. She like should have should made have that a, known a while a ago. Every wedding, like, hey, this is someone's special day. Just a little bit more effort. Mm-hmm. That's all mm-hmm. I'm asking. It's not too much to ask. I understand you'll be slightly uncomfortable. All of us are almost all the time. Mm-hmm. Suffer with me for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh then if he just continues to refuse, then maybe he's the jerk. I don't know. But I don't know. I feel like this was just poorly handled. Poorly handled situation. Right. In yep. the situation of her just dropping in on him mm-hmm. at last minute here for this situation, she's the jerk. But him also digging his heels and saying, there's no way I'm going to compromise on this, even for your brother's wedding. He's also kind of the jerk. So mm-hmm. they're kind of both they're the jerk both. in this one situation, <laughs> but not the jerk overall. Because they're both, I mean, she, like you said, she knew who she was marrying. Right. Yeah. He knows who he is. They're both just living their life. <laughs> you know, they're, they're happiest there. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't want to give a win to either of them. They both suck. <laughs> <laughs> but just, just a little bit. Just a little bit, and in one instance. They were made for each other, as Joshua says. Uh, We're going to stop right there and take our first break. But when we come back, we've got today's nerdy news story. We here at Love Thy Nerd emphasize thoughtful content 
Visit lovethynerd.com for a host of amazing articles and a whole network of nerdy podcasts. And follow us on Twitch at twitch.tv slash lovethynerd, where you'll find game streams, live podcast recordings, and more amazing interactive content. and shine nerds ltn's brand new morning show and there are four ways that you can experience our show we know you can't always catch our shows when it premieres and while uh, that's a personal insult to us uh, we've got you covered you can subscribe to our podcast just search rise and shine nerds on your favorite podcast app and of course all of our videos are available on the youtube channel anytime after they air let's talk about the state of healthcare. oh babe what <laughs> Babe, this is an interesting one. Dr. Walmart will now see you. Oh, gosh. <laughs> wow. American retailers are seeing opportunities in the primary care business. So this is from a report from The Economist. With his long white coat, stethoscope, genially uh, soothing manner, and wonky eagerness to discuss population health management and patient-centered medicine, Ronald Searcy seems the platonic ideal of a primary care doctor. The most unusual thing about him is where he works. A compact facility, complete with examination rooms, dentist office, uh, phlebotomy lab, and x-ray room tucked into a Walmart in northwest Arkansas. Since 2019, Walmart has opened 32 of these health centers in five states. By the end of next year, it plans to more than double that number and expand into two more states. And Walmart is not the only big company expanding into medical offerings. What do these companies see in the medical business? The answer is benefiting Americans' Byzantine and rent-filled healthcare system uh, is both simple and complex. The simple answer is money. Americans spend a stunning mm -hmm. amount of it on health, roughly 18% of the G GDP in 2021, far exceeding the rich country average of about 10%, and more than double the ratio of some, uh, such as South Korea with healthier and longer lived populations. American spending is, uh, America's spending is forecast to rise 5.4% per year over the next eight years, outpacing economic growth and accounting for almost 20% of GDP by 2031. The bulk of that spending will come from Medicaid and Medicare, federal programs that cover healthcare costs for respectively poor people and those over 65. The complex part reflects changes in how insurers, including Medicaid and Medicare, pay for coverage, as well as changes in how consumers are willing to get it. And so, essentially, what Walmart and some other retailers have done for medicines, where you know mm -hmm. Walmart big push a few years ago was how they've got a bunch of generic versions of super expensive medicines, all for about four to five bucks. Mm -hmm. uh, now. They're going to be getting in discount doctor visits. A generic version generic of your doctor. Version of your doctor. <laughs> <laughs> but think, just imagine in your brain how weird that would be. Yeah. To walk into a Walmart and know that on one end, people are buying groceries. And on the other end, someone's getting a colonoscopy. <laughs> I doubt they'd have that at Walmart. They, if they're going to open a doctor's, 
place, why not? It's not going to be out in the open, but I mean, they're going to have their own weird facility inside your Walmart. That's strange. Yeah. That's yeah. a strange, it's, it's, it's a far cry from having a McDonald's inside a Walmart, which was a big deal. I'm already like, <laughs> you know, people at Walmart sometimes are germy and gross and out in public. And now we're now we're asking them to come in to where I'm buying groceries and trying to run around with my children. And you're over here hacking up a lung, waiting in line to see a doctor. <laughs> <laughs> they needed their own entrance, like yeah. the, like the um, yeah. optometrist at the Walmart usually has. Usually has their own door. Yeah, outside. Yeah, <laughs> got to be a. But that's also weird, and I've never really thought about it. But it's weird that we have full optometrists. I do Walmart. like, you know, you know. Sometimes you're in the waiting room a lot, mm -hmm. and so you know, while you wait, you can go shop. Sure, <laughs> we'll call you over the over the speaker. The, uh, here's here's where I'm at on this. Okay, like I'm supposed to go see my doctor at least four times a year. Supposed to, supposed to. Uh huh. And every visit, even though it's just a, okay, everything's good, let's re-up your medication, whatever, every visit's almost $300 that we have to pay. Right. That's after the insurance covers its portion. Right. And I'm like, that's that's a lot of money right now. That's yeah. that's too much money right now for me to go to the doctor. If I can go to Walmart's doctor for 40 bucks for them to say, all right, you're good, let's refill your $4 prescription. Yeah. Uh, that's where I'm going. Yeah. <laughs> My primary care physician will be Sam Walton himself. <laughs> I mean, that's the thing, though. I mean, they're opening. Oh my gosh, they're opening a can of worms for themselves, having to keep up with all the healthcare regulations and mm -hmm. you know all the insurance companies and working with everyone's insurance. It's a mess. It is a mess. <laughs> uh, Joshua says our primary care physicians always book six months out too. Yeah. yeah. That as well yeah. as like dentists. Dentists are booked several months out most of the time. In our town, we don't have very many eye doctors. And that's right. If you cancel your eye doctor appointment, you are waiting at least eight months yeah. before another one. And so it's like an immovable appointment. Mm -hmm. I go in October, I make it for the following October. And I pray that I am not sick that week. <laughs> <laughs> if I am, I will fake it. <laughs> it's, um, yeah, I mean, that's kind of where we're going. That's kind of where we're going is, is making healthcare. Like it said, dentist office as well as a part of this. And yeah. like we're, we're making it necessary for things like this in all areas. It's something that can be in all areas because Walmarts are in all, all areas, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And so like we've had a, a building being built next to our Walmart for the last several months that I don't know what it is. Is oh. this the Walmart medical facility? <laughs> anyway, it's, uh, it, it, it's reminding me again of Wally. We talked about Wally uh, a couple right. days ago. Yeah. It's reminding me of the buy and large store uh -huh. that became like it everything. everything. It was like by and large was a part of the presidency or whatever. Like it right, was a nut, nuts right. looking thing. Uh, yeah. True. Is that going to just become everything that we do? And we all know that by and large was supposed to be Walmart. 
<laughs> right. It definitely was, yeah. Uh, we're honestly, we've honestly been seen by walk-in clinic doctors more than our primary care. Uh, easy next yeah. step. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's. I mean, I feel like that's essentially what this would be, right? A walk-in clinic. Mm-hmm. They had x-rays and stuff there. F- 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 phlebotomy? What's a phlebotomy? I want to know now. Phlebotomy. Oh, don't what is it? <laughs> Uh, procedure. Oh, okay. It's just, it's blood. It's a blood lab. Blood That's test. what it is. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay so blood Why lab. Why can't yeah. you just say that? Blood sucker. <laughs> Mosaic says. Uh, yeah. You would know. Okay. Good morning. Uh, just, just so strange. Uh, <laughs> such a strange world we're living in and going into right now. All right. Let's uh, take one more break. When we get back, we're diving into our main topic, the rapid growth of AI. Hey fam, this is Hector Mirai, and you're listening to Faith and Fandom 180 on LTN Radio. So after spending almost four days in a nerdy underground dungeon, I started the long process of packing up all of my Comic-Con gear, which consists of roughly uh, three to four large tubs of heavy things, a book rack, a large t-shirt rack on wheels, and assorted other boxes and heavy shenaniganry and so we loaded it up and when we're loading up uh there's a a loading dock that you can get in line for with your car and wait up to two hours to be able to get your stuff i am not built for that like i got miles to go and promises to keep and so the other option is to park somewhere nearby and wheel all your stuff out so you've got all these people waiting in line for the elevators you've got people kind of rushing across the street getting impatient stuff like that and so we crossed the whole convention center went up a few floors in the elevator crossed four lanes of traffic went into a parking deck uh, went into another elevator went through the parking deck and got to our car and started to unload. We had to move our luggage around from like the night before where our, we'd been staying in the hotel. And it, it was just, you know, we're kind of running on empty, a lot going on. And right about the time that we start to get everything, the doors open, and we're about to start putting things in, another couple rolls up beside us. Uh, with all of their carts and all of their con stuff and they're parked in the car right beside us and we were blocking their entire ability to be able (laughs) to get out of there and I could feel the social pressure and I was like oh man I'm so sorry Uh, I'll I'll get my stuff loaded and out of your way as quickly as I can and then the the dude looked at me with all the patience in the world he said hey man we're all just trying to get home and it reminded me of that verse in Ecclesiastes 3.11. It says, Yet God has made everything beautiful for its own time. He has planted eternity in the human heart. But even so, people cannot see the whole scope of God's work from beginning to end. Because the reality is, we should be patient with each other because we're all just trying to get home. If you'd like to learn more about Faith and Fandom, head on over to faithandfandom.org where you can learn about our Comic-Con ministry, podcast memes apparel and book series you can even read new chapters before they make it to the next book 
I'm Hector Mirai, and thank you for spending the last 180 seconds with me. to Rise and Shine Nerds, LTN's brand new morning show. Before we jump into our main topic today, we've got an article recommendation. On Monday, Rachel Knight posted an article talking, uh, taking a look at the Surgeon General's report on the rise of loneliness, isolation, and lack of connection. Labeled as an emerging health crisis, the article is called the importance of connection and you can find it on the homepage right now on lovethynerd.com this week we are talking about the bonkers fast growth of ai and how ai is already intertwining itself into our lives when a year ago we rarely talked about it outside of science fiction today we are going to look at how ai has been brought into the faith world first Let's talk about AI Jesus. Ugh. This is an AI chatbot made to look like Jesus, or at least the Americanized idea of Jesus. Right. Uh, and it streams on Twitch uh, 24-7, like just constantly, mm-hmm. answering Chatter's questions. So just like we have Chatter's in our Twitch uh, stream this morning, mm-hmm. it takes those and answers, I think at random, because there's too many people in there for it to answer I'm all of sure. them. It takes I'm a while, sure. But, um, I've watched quite a few of the interactions and some of the clips that you know people have made from interesting situations. Uh, and while often silly and weird feeling, the bot does seem to keep fairly within the lines of what the Bible says. Uh, Which Bible are they using? <laughs> The uh, new AI James version. (laughs) (laughs) So here's a silly example uh, where a chatter asked AI Jesus to compare his disciples to Pokemon. Now, I'll compare the apostles to Pokemon in a simple way. One, Peter is like Pikachu, the most well-known and a natural leader. Two, Andrew is like Bulbasaur, a supportive and reliable companion. Three, James the Greater is like Charizard, courageous and full of zeal. Four, I don't like how he's John is like Jigglypuff, known for his gentle and loving nature. Five, Philip is like Golem, strong and firm in his beliefs. Six, Bartholomew is like Alakazam, representing wisdom and insight. Seven, Matthew is like Meowth, who transformed from a selfish person to a selfless follower. Eight, Thomas is like Psyduck, sometimes confused but ultimately loyal. Nine, James the Less is like Squirtle, modest and resilient in the face of adversity. <laughs> wow. So chat says that looks creepy. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> this is this is what's happening right now on Twitch. Uh, <laughs> it's yeah. an interesting concept, an interesting um 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 project. What are your thoughts on seeing that? <laughs> I think that's dangerous. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Now, now, what I uh, while it does you know goofy things like that, mm-hmm. I have seen in the the first interaction that I saw was somebody asked them to um, explain a certain chapter of the book while talking like Daffy Duck or Donald Duck, and 
AI Jesus said, I would love to talk to you about this, uh, this book of the Bible and dive in deeper with you. But out of reverence for uh, the word of God, I will not be using a, you know, a voice. I don't know exactly how it phrased it, but I will not be using a silly voice that might be deemed disrespectful. And I'm like, oh, well, that's good. That's wow. nice. Wow. <laughs> Um, and uh, AI Jesus also has the ability to remember uh, if it's interacted with you, and it'll mention that. It's like, it seems that we talked previously about this and, hmm. you know, this kind of thing. It was it was very strange. But, yeah, just like a Corthane says in yeah. chat, at least there are limits. Yes. Yeah. It doesn't seem to be... Um, it doesn't seem to be in, any kind of malicious intent on part of the programmers. It seems to be a genuine attempt at doing something like this respectfully, uh, as respectful, I guess, as it could be. Um, right. but it, there are workarounds with that because it does read people's usernames and some usernames mm. have cuss words in them. And so some, a lot of the clips that you see, which are user generated clips from people that are watching are ways that it tricked Jesus into saying a cuss word or something. Mm. I'm like, well, this is uncomfortable. Uh, but <laughs> Interesting. It tricked a robot into tricked saying a, robot, a Essentially, customer. yeah. Not really Jesus. Jesus can't be tricked. <laughs> uh, uh, so uh, a couple days or yesterday, I think, we talked about there was an AI-powered church service in Germany yeah. this past week yeah. uh, or two weeks ago. And so I have an article here from ARS Technica. I want to talk about it. Uh, it says, on Friday, which was the 16th of June? I don't remember. Is it Friday? Yeah, 16th of June. Mm, over 300 people attended an experimental chat GPT-powered church service at St. Paul's Church in the Bavarian town of Fürth, Germany, uh, reports uh, the Associated Press. So the 40-minute sermon included text generated by OpenAI's chat GPT chatbot and was delivered by AI avatars on a television screen above the altar. The chatbot, initially personified as a bearded man with a fixed expression and monotone voice, addressed the audience by proclaiming, Dear friends, it is an honor for me to stand here and preach to you as the first artificial intelligence at this year's convention of Protestants in Germany. The unusual service took place as part of a convention called um, Dutzer Evangelischer Kirchentag or German Evangelical Church Congress, <laughs> an event held biennially uh, in German. Biennially? That's not how what it says. Biennially. <laughs> B-E-I-N-N-A-I-A-L-L-Y. Biennially. <laughs> in Germany, that draws tens of thousands of attendees. This service, which included prayers and music, was the brainchild of Jonas Simmerlein, a, theo a theologian and philosopher from the University of Vienna. Uh, Simmerlein told the Associated Press that the service was about 98% from the machine. So about 98% of the service was done 
by AI. Wow. Uh, in this case, the remaining 2% went a long way. Since uh, ChatGPT doesn't work by itself, Summerline guided every aspect of the service's creation, working from the event's motto, now is the time. The sermon, which was led by computer-generated avatars of two men and two women, focused on topics of leaving the past behind, overcoming fear of death, and never losing faith. Uh, Simmerline said, I told the artificial intelligence, we are the church Congress. You are the preacher. What would a church service look like? Uh, in his chat GPT prompt, he asked uh, for the inclusion of Psalms, prayers, and a blessing at the end. Uh, and he said, you end up with a pretty solid church service. Hmm. Reaction to the machine-led service uh, were mixed. The AP reports that the computer avatars occasionally drew unintentional laughter for deadpan delivery. So everything was very monotone. <laughs> everything was very monotone. It came across like this. <laughs> so anytime you delivered any phrase, Oops. it would always sound the same. Uh, others took the event more seriously, but not necessarily positively. Some congregants like uh, Hydrotal Rose Schmidt, a uh, 54-year-old IT professional, found the avatar's lack of emotions and fast, monotonous speech off-putting, remarking there was no heart and no soul. Mm -hmm. uh, others, like Mark Jansen, a 31-year-old Lutheran pastor, had a more positive outlook. He said, I actually imagined uh, it to be worse, but I was positively surprised how well it worked. Also, the language of the AI worked well, even though it was still a bit bumpy at times. Uh, Simmerlin told the AP that his intention wasn't to replace religious leaders, but to utilize AI as a tool that could assist them. For instance, AI could provide ideas for upcoming sermons, or it could expedite the sermon writing process, freeing up pastors to devote more time to individual spiritual guidance. But while the wisdom of outsourcing spiritual wis uh, wisdom to a machine is an open question, Simmerlin frames it more like a hyper hyperbolic necessity. He said, artificial intelligence will increasingly take over our lives in all of its facets, and that's why it's useful to learn to deal with it now. Reportedly, Simmerline's AI sermon drew so much interest that people formed a long line outside the church an hour before it began. Ultimately, the event attracted fascination because there is still novelty in applying AI to traditionally human-moderated situations, even if the result is just a human cherry-picking large language model. <laughs> uh, so if in the future pastors begin to rely on uh, large language models for guidance while writing sermons, parishioners might end up hearing unintentionally novel interpretations of religious doctrine due to how this technology can easily make things up. To that end, Varge senior editor James Vincent quipped on Twitter, looking forward to future schisms caused by language model hallucinations, the equivalent of mistranslations between Aramaic and ancient Greek. Uh, so, <laughs> I mean, I can, I can tell you right now that yes, chat deep, chat, chat GPT and all the other language model chatbots mm -hmm. do make stuff up and present it as fact. I have been, we've, we've been, we have a short for Love Thy Nerd called Nerd History. And uh, for the first couple of years we were doing it, I would just cherry pick a single thing that happened within that week. And mm -hmm. we would focus on that. Like this week in nerd history, this happened. In the last few weeks, we've been changing it up to be a, let's try and get as many things nerd wise uh, shorten it, just give a little blurb for everything. Mm -hmm. And you're like, this happened in this week in the past, you know, and so we'll have all seven days covered. And I initially like started finding those things by going to chat GPT. I'm like, Hey, 
can you tell me what happened historically in the world of movies between are on the dates uh, in history between, you know, June this and June this. Mm-hmm. And it would give me all these lists of things like this date, this happened, this date, this happened, this date, this happened. And I'm like, great. And I just took it and I'm like, all right, let's run with it. And so I would build my own little blurbs about it and mm-hmm. you know, do this thing only to find out like the next week. I'm like, oh, that date was way off. I guess said this happened June 1st. That was November 1st of that year. And so I start, I've now, I still use it because it's hard to find these things. And it is right sometimes, but I have to double check check every single (laughs) item it gives me to make sure that it really happened on that date. What I think is happening is it's pulling out random dates from like Wikipedia articles or whatever. And Mm. then saying that that's the date that it happened. But, I also don't know because I'm getting like for for one of these uh, I do it I do it for I ask the question for like a bunch of different areas of nerd culture and for one of these it was uh, professional wrestling because we have uh, a small contingent of professional wrestling fans mm-hmm. in Love Thy Nerd and it kept telling me this one specific event happened every week every week I asked it it's like yeah that happened this week in history. I'm like, why does it keep saying this one thing? It can't have all these different dates right? in in any Wikipedia article. It wouldn't make sense to have all these different dates. So I really don't know if it's just pulling things out of the air saying, yeah, this totally happened here. This is is a historic event that happened in the past, but it gets the year right. It's just the day that it gets wrong. How strange. So it fills in gaps that it has with... Things that might logically make sense, but are completely inaccurate. Huh. And so I can totally see that happening. With right. like, hey, help me help me formulate the outline of the script. Uh, I mean, uh, the sermon. Mm-hmm. And it just makes up Bible verses, pulls <laughs> things out of the air, pulls out allegories that don't really apply, mistranslates the Greek. You know, all these different things could go wrong with this. Right. Uh, I did, for test purposes, put in a, write me a sermon <laughs> about, mm-hmm. um, I think I, I did just a book of the Bible, like First Timothy um, 1, you know, chapter 1. And it spat out a whole sermon. I mean, it's short, but it was like mm-hmm. something to build off of. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, hmm. So at this point, do you just take it and trust it from where it started and build off it? Or do I still have to go back and research all of this anyway? Right. Is it? And then rewrite it. So is it even worth it? Is it helping me? (laughs) Is it even worth it to start from this point? I don't know. Now I don't think it is. But I bet in the future it will be. I mean, I feel like this once once we get to the point where we know chat GPTs, uh, you know, chat GPT or any of the other um, chat bots are more accurate than not, mm-hmm. then at that point, why wouldn't we use it all the time for that kind of thing? Jumping off points. Right. You wouldn't want it to do the whole work for you. Right. And there are, oh, see, that's another thing that's rising up right now is there's entire websites now coming up just full of completely uh, chat GPT generated articles. Like it says, write me an article about this. Mm. And then it just goes on, you know, a whole little tangent, writes it out, and they just copy and paste it and then put all their ads on it 
and they just and make put sure it like it's their article. Yeah, put it like it's their article. So and make it's sure being it's something presented as truth. Something that people are searching about right now, so they get all these ad views. I mean, it's smart. Uh, let's see what else here. So, can I, AI be beneficial in ministry? Uh, AI can analyze large amounts of data, such as social media posts, to identify patterns and insights that can inform the development of, you know, ministry strategies in your area. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. It can automate repetitive tasks, such as scheduling or data entry, freeing time for ministry staff to focus on more critical things. Mm-hmm. It can create personalized content and recommendations for individuals, such as Bible study plans, prayer suggestions, uh, which can help deepen spiritual growth. We could use AI to help us better learn and understand the Bible, assuming we ask it the right questions and don't ask it to create things. Mm-hmm. So the worry becomes when AI expands large <laughs> enough to become self-aware or even like uh, an artificial god which is part of what we're talking about tomorrow. But for today, uh, we're out of coffee, so it's time to wrap things up. But before we go, let's get our verse of the day. Today's verse is 1 Peter 2, 2 through 3. Like newborn infants, long for the pure spiritual milk, that by if you may grow up into salvation, if indeed you have tasted that the Lord... Tested? Tested. Tasted that the Lord is good. <laughs> <laughs> and with that, our Wednesday show is coming to a close. Thank you for joining us for Rise and Shine, nerds. We want to invite you to get behind the scenes by joining our LT and Discord community. Once you've joined at lovethynerd.com slash Discord, simply go to Channels and Roles and click on the Rise and Shine Nerds channel to gain access to it. You can help us plan shows and segments and even be on the show yourself on occasion. Subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast app or through the Love Thy Nerd YouTube channel. And so you don't miss any episodes, make sure you click that little bell and it'll like announce when we're coming uh and tell us what you think of the show via our socials at rise and shine ltn on facebook and twitter once again i'm radio matt i'm daedra and as always a reminder jesus loves you nerds